Well, hello, everybody. You're listening to the Woodworkers Podcast. I'm Ben Brunick. I got Phil Morley and Ramon Valdez again with me here today. How are, how are you two guys doing as always? Doing well, Ben. We're doing good, as always. <laughs> as always. <laughs> Same intro, different show. Um, say, we got a, it's a bonus episode. Uh, again, this is going to be a, a bonus episode of a, uh, of a guest episode. We've got Sarah Watlington on with us again here this afternoon. And after the show, uh, the, last, the last show where we had, you know, where Sarah was nice enough to, to be on with us, when we got done with the show, all three, you know, Ramon, Phil, and I, we, we all had kind of the same thought where we, we were just like, man, we didn't get a chance to really talk about any of, like, Sarah's pieces. And the Heron chair was the one that was kind of was the consensus between the, the three of us is like, man, we, all three of us wanted to, wanted to talk about that. And, and it just, it just got away from us and we, and we, and we never did. So we thought, why don't we have her back on? And we're just going to talk just about that piece. I'm sure we'll, we'll be posting some photographs of, of that chair, but we thought we would talk to Sarah and she was nice enough to agree to deal with us one more time. So <laughs> how are you doing, Sarah? It's impressive. <laughs> I'm good. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> yeah, glutton for punishment. Uh, <laughs> so l- let's just start right in. So this this is a new format thing for us. Um, I don't know if we'll we'll do this in the future or not, but we thought it would be interesting to to just do a, a concentrated episode just on one piece, the design, um, maybe some technical things about the chair, about the design. You know where the inspiration came from. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't we just Why don't we just start off with where did this piece come from, Sarah? Sure. Well, I, I think I mentioned in the last episode I did build the chair at the Krenov School. I built it in my second year, which I had a really unique experience where I was able to come back for one semester of the second year. I wasn't planning on coming back. I got a job offer here at Offerman Woodshop and. But someone dropped out the first semester and they knew how bad I wanted to come back. So they invited me back for the second semester. So I knew I got to go back for one semester. So I really wanted to make it count. And there are a couple of the instructors at our school, Eiler and Laura and Jim Budlong, who are all kind of master. I mean, they're all kind of master chair makers, but those three specifically really focus on chairs. So I knew I wanted to make a chair when I went back. So I spent most of the winter sketching and, and designing ideas and building little toothpick models and uh, just trying to wrap my head around what I wanted to build. And being me, I knew I, I didn't want it to just be a chair. You know, I wanted it to be a, a, a piece that I could like talk about and show and show and shows because that's what the point of school is to make really banger um, pieces that you get to spend three whole months on one thing, which is you don't get to do in the real world. So. I knew I wanted it to be a complex design, an original design. I knew I wanted it to hurt <laughs> to build, <laughs> which it did. Yeah, uh, that's and, a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, and then I, I wanted it. Yeah, I, I just um, so this is that's what came out, and it was a pretty, it was a very long design process. I was there for three and a half months, and I designed it. I did the planning, design, mock-up, testing phase for about two-thirds of it. And then the last month of school, I, I banged out the chair. And the point of all that build-up is you just know every single move for when you actually build the final piece. So uh, that's kind of the history of the chair. The design itself kind of evolved 
from a couple different ideas all involving kind of like double appendages and kind of this like split mirroring effect um yeah super cool now going through the process like kind of from start to to the actual final piece uh what was that process um i know you kind of briefly just mentioned a few things but would you mind just kind of explaining like the the full process to like to the progression to the prototype into the chair um how that worked for you sure thing yeah uh so it started out as sketches and then i and then i i found this kind of double double arm suspension idea and it it looked pretty different in the sketches and then i i got to school and i showed the teachers and they're like why don't you just make a normal chair that's going to be really hard and I said, <laughs> it's happening don't stop me and they knew me so they said okay and so i started making a model of a chair and there was this one design element that uh i wish there was a video so i could show people but um there there was the arm split in this different way and it, i spent a really long time on this one model uh one to four scale model so um three inches equals a foot um and you can get a lot of details out of that out of that scale and i it just wouldn't work and then one day i kind of snapped off that extra piece because it's all just hot glued together and realize that if I just kind of turn it and push it up and then, uh, yeah, obviously this is just a podcast, but um, <laughs> right. you can't see my hand gestures, but <laughs> yeah, it just, it started clicking. And so, so I built a new model and did new sketches based on, on the reconfiguration of the arms. And then once you have the model and you're like, okay, I can see it in three dimensions. Um, then you have to figure out how to start building it. And that was, really fun and challenging because there wasn't a 90 degree nothing was 90 degrees and everything was you're kind of woodworking in space when you have really complex designs like that so where to start was really interesting to me and uh, that was where I got really hooked on models as a useful tool because I remember I was trying to build I didn't know how to get the angles of display of the legs and the back and everything right. from the scale to the real piece right. so I, without the help of instructors i had actually just started like building this crazy franken jig to try and like prop pieces of wood up so i could find the angles off of them and my teacher came up and was like what are you doing you already have the angles and so he just held up a square to the leg and then measured the angle off the model and was like there's mm. your there's your display and i was like oh my god <laughs> and, <laughs> no and math at, this, involved. <laughs> at this point i mean when when you start designing this, I mean, the point when you're doing the chair, um, are there some dimensions, some like angles, given angles, like referencing books or that that you're kind of starting with and then building upon that, or you just totally free forming? I mean, I imagine you had started with certain, I mean, given angles uh, for comfort and stuff, but were there books? Were there certain books that you would reference for that? Yeah, I, I did a lot of research on chairs before I built it. Actually, Laura Mays, the instructor at my school, gave me a nice stack of books to read about chairs uh, beforehand, which was awesome. And the history of chairs, really, it's a really interesting history. I think it's the most interesting piece of furniture because there's so much implied in chairs and sitting. And, um, anyways, uh, oh no, I digressed and I forgot your question. I'm sorry, oh, I probably oh, just didn't yeah. answer. So, so, no, 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 it's okay. No, 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 it's okay. I just got myself distracted by something else. Uh, yeah, the angles and everything. Yeah, I did start with general ideas of like 
what a dining chair angle is and what a lounge chair dining angle is. And I did definitely base a lot of things off of those general angles, but when it came down to it, it really was kind of just free form. Like I found the splay of my back by sitting in a mock-up and testing it. And then I just screwed two pieces of wood together at that angle. And I actually never even knew the number of that angle. I just carried those two sticks around me Mm -hmm. for those couple months and just held the sticks up and was like, oh, my angle's up, you know? So I think it was around 105 degrees or something, but I never actually even did did the hard calculation. I just had my sticks. Right, a, right, yeah. There's a post on, on Instagram where you do, um, where you show the scale model compared to the, mm-hmm. to the final chair design, and it's really remarkable because mm-hmm. yeah. at first glance it looks like two chairs. It took it took me a minute. I was like zooming in. I was like, "Wait, is that the scale?" I was like, "That's the scale model. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty awesome." So, very useful tool. Yeah. And so Super you useful. plan on making eleven more, right? Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. I'm kidding. Oh my god! Ch- that chair. Chairs are, yeah. <laughs> I, I find it fascinating that a chair, the design of a chair, or the the engineering of a chair, is really an overlooked aspect. Is um, you know, for most people that don't realize all that a chair has to do i mean that's that's a there's a lot of um demand on a chair especially when someone yeah. leans back on two legs or whatever yeah so and, keep, uh, and keeping it elegant and, you know right. and, and not over constructing because you're right that mm-hmm. it's going to break but then also you mm-hmm. don't want it to break um I, you know it's just yeah, funny this on. is kind of perfect timing because i'm designing a chair right now but i end up and, and it's a chair i've already sold so i've kind of i have to i've got 20 of them to do but I find myself just not being happy. It's not like I'm trying to redesign anything so unique and so special, but then as I'm putting so much work into it, I just don't, I I have a hard time being happy with it because I'm like, it it just looks like a Scandinavian chair. You know, it's not like I'm looking at any other design and copying, but I'm obviously influenced by Scandinavian Mm -hmm. design. So it's, it's just, you know, it's that thing, which I love your chair, because you can see some influences there, but it's clearly your chair, you know, and it's like it's 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 unique in its own right. Um, did did you when you were doing that design? I mean, was there like that pressure? I mean, you said you brought this chair design to your instructor, and they said do something simpler, and you're like, no. So clearly, you wanted to uh, to make a statement with this chair, but. It, I find that really interesting because I'm definitely in that headspace right now where I'm like, it's stressing me out, you know? And it's it's funny because mm-hmm, I'm like, mm-hmm. why? Is it because I'm trying to impress people on IG or is it just, <laughs> is it myself? You know what I mean? That's like, a real question. That's a real question to ask. I'm like, this is a lot of time I'm putting in this damn thing and I want it not to just look like you went to Ikea. <laughs> I know. Ikea is so annoyingly good at their design sometimes. They're really You're good like, at shit. <laughs> God damn it. Son of a bitch. Yeah, uh, yeah but, I mean, I, I think, I don't know, influence from Scandian, Scandinavian design is obviously just like right, such a huge right. it's hard not bearing to of, they yeah. just did it the, the best, best in a lot of ways. And <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I think originality still exists, but it's pretty hard. It's pretty right. hard to, it's, to it's, do. It's still somewhat grounded, though. Like, yours is right. definitely original, but it's not so, like, out there where it's, like, almost, like, yeah, functional you, art. Right. It's just, you know, it's 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 still very... You don't very... have to wonder if it's a chair or yeah, 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 sitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a beautiful chair. It's well-balanced, <clears throat> proportions, angles. Yeah. It looks comfortable, but it's clearly your chair. 
You know, that's, you. that's super cool. How about the, the influence in design as related to a heron? Yeah, where did the name come from? Uh, the name came from... There are a lot of herons up in Fort Bragg where the woodworking school is, and they're one of my favorite birds. And I, I, I wasn't thinking of herons when I designed the chair, honestly. I don't even actually think of birds when I design things, but they just, I don't, I don't, I truly don't understand what it is, but it, everything I make looks like a bird. So I usually just name them after birds. Um, so the heron chair, it just had a good ring to it. It looks very, it ha it's very bird-like right. and there was a lot of moments in time it, at, in that era up in Fort Bragg where I would just kind of be surrounded by herons. So that's why I named it that, but it wasn't the original it's idea. A cool name, too. So it's like <laughs> yeah, it's got a good ring to it. Yeah, okay, yeah. Heron chair. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. And along with the fact that you know the the design, the lightness of the design, the the fluidity of the design. I mean, that's birds are designed kind of in the same in the same way. They've got this light, fluid, um, aerodynamic skeleton structure. To right. There's not there's not a lot of extra on on birds because they they have to fly. And yeah, I, I'm interested in what things ended up on the cutting room floor during the design process. Were there things that you started with and then had to abandon before you came to the conclusion that you came to? Yeah, yeah, there was, like I mentioned, there was a different configuration of the split arm originally, the leg, and this was pre-model that everyone's seen, but the leg went vertical and then split almost it kind of looked like a tree branch it really didn't work so that got the cut and there was a the back was supposed to have this negative space you can see it in the model photos where they're compared there was supposed to be this kind of cut out of the back but yeah a lot of things when you every time you scale up you learn more and more about about the piece and about the details and it just it didn't make sense to cut it out uh, to cut the back out, it, it it looked better, and yeah, once I was there, I was like, oh yeah, that. Right. I did a lot of mock-ups, cutting out parts of the back, and it just looked too weird and spacey. It just didn't make sense. To to piggyback that question, do you ever get to where you're trying to push a certain aspect that you feel you want, and you keep pushing it, and it and it inevitably doesn't work. I mean, does that ever happen where you're like, you know what I mean? You, you keep on pushing some part of the design because you, you see it working, but it just doesn't fit. In, in reality. In know? reality, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there was there was a fair amount of that in that chair, that, that last example being one of them. I'm trying to think if there was any, any other elements in that specific chair. Uh, I'm not sure. The... There were so many intersecting angles and parts in that chair. One of the most challenging things was the transitions, which are really... Right. I actually hadn't had a lot of experience with carving and shaping um, complex forms. So I was in pretty over my head when I was doing it. And uh, reductive carving is so stressful, obviously, because you take it away and then it, and then it's gone. And I remember a couple moments in carving the back, I was like, Give it back. Wait. <laughs> Give it Wait. back to me. <laughs> I want that part back. Um, so, yeah, so the transitions between the, the two arm members in the back and how the back related to them, uh, right. that, that was some of the most challenging stuff where I, I was just really stuck on 
uh, all the different ways it could work. And there, there, there are some funny parts like on the underside of the lower member of the arms where it hits the back of the chair is a really, it, it, it curves and I, I sculpted it in a way that you don't notice, but it's odd. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Transitions are hard. Yeah. Transitions are tricky. You, kind and of you what can't... we talked about, sorry, in that last episode about making something, uh, you know, where something looks simple and, and clean and, but yet what's going on is really complex because there's a lot of compound um, angles there. So many compound angles. <laughs> yeah. So it's like the back to the, to the arms that yeah. like, tenon like detail. The, that was yeah. It's crazy. like, good Lord. <laughs> yeah. I had to cut those by hand because yeah. they were too extreme of angles and there were too That's many That's what I was looking angles. at. I was like, I yeah. yeah. And I remember to clamp them in, I remember at one point I was just like hand sawing like upside down kind of because the way you clamped it in the vise and the angle that I had to get, I just remember like my head being below the saw. I mean, like this, is like, this doesn't seem right. And then there's it two works. sides of the chair, so you have to be exactly. ambidextrous, left-handed and right-handed, and it's to a make those cuts. And that's a solid wood piece, right? It's Absolutely, a book a book yeah. match. Um, is it a book uh, match? A leaf the, match or? The, the back. back, yeah, yeah. The back. It looks. The back is almost book matched. That was a really one of the things it's I cool really looking. wanted. Thanks, yeah. One of the things I really wanted to get out of the chair, which I think chairs make you do more than anything, is understand grain selection and mm-hmm. not just grain selection, but like reading grain inside what of the board do. and what it's gonna do. Yeah. So those backs specifically, exactly. I remember, I remember mulling over that for a really long time because I had yeah. this big chunk of wood, and uh, unfortunately, they had to start out as two pieces of very quite large wood to right. cut out the angles and they were already glued together at a, at an angle to reduce that a bit. But I just remember agonizing over like, is it going to be, is it going to go up? Is it going to go down? Yeah. Are they going to match? I really didn't want it to create a heart shape. Right. So yeah. I was going to have that rift on. Yeah. So, so the rift keeps it straight, but then there was a little part that dove off and yeah. Right. So it's funny. Like that's something that a lot of people don't kind of think about. I remember, on my rocket, like we call it like a fish eye. So like you can have the crest rails that are fish eyes. Um, and so it's like you're, it's plain sawn and you're cutting through it and it creates mm-hmm. this like radiates out. Exactly. But on my my rocking chair, you know, like the crest rail is like such a big visual part of that. And the grain has got to follow the arc. And I remember just doing that same thing. So like I know you don't do it often enough, but you'll know it's like, okay, you got to look at the end. It's going to be rare and it's going to be running from like top to bottom and you're cutting this way. And But I would have a model or just a couple of scraps of wood. And even every like few months I would make them, I'll still grab that scrap of wood, <laughs> cut it first and be like, yes, that's the way. Like a lot of the joinery is already done and you could totally have the grain going the opposite way and be like shit so i can imagine like yeah it's just the pressure like oh god i hope i'm gonna cut this right yeah it worked it came out great it's it's cool it's like it's got the little yeah it's 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 neat thank you so as far as like i know like too nitty gritty here but uh, i mean is is there like a lot of integral i can't say that word integral tenons slip tenons i mean is it uh, a mixture of of all of those um what type of machines did you use did you use like a plunge router did you use like a slot mortiser 
And that's kind of stuff I'm always interested in here. And or is it done by hand in a drill press? I don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all of the. I'm doing above. Let me let me think of the so the bridle joints were cut by hand, and then the rest of the joinery in the chair was all yeah loose tenons, slip tenons, and all of the mortises were cut on a Felder XY machine, which. Uh, is I have one of those in my shop now. I got. A does the head screen. move on that, or does the table move? The head moves. The yeah. head moves. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. And I I love that machine. It doesn't <coughs> do what I'm interested in the Panto router that you use, Phil, because it right. seems cool to be able to to the actual cut tenon. the templates of yeah. the tenons, yeah, which this doesn't do. But I do really love. It's got a big sturdy base and yeah you know it doesn't matter how crazy the compound angles are if you can just wedge the piece up so it's flush with the cutting flush and perpendicular with the with the cutter head then you can cut straight straight mortises in it so that's how i did all of the rest of the joinery in the chair was done with the felder xy and tons of tons of wedges after you use that machine is when you decided you wanted one for yourself yeah i mean Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I leaving school. That was one thing that our shop was lacking that I really missed was, um, you know, we just had, there's like a million ways to cut mortises, obviously, right. but the, the f- efficient way we have the domino, which you Ramon, you do a lot of cool stuff with the domino, but you know, it's kind of limited when you mm-hmm. want to do really complex things. So there's, there's really not a one tool. No, app for, no, you know, there's, Cause I get all, a lot, asked a lot about comparison of tools and it's it really depends on what you're doing yeah. i mean i right i still use a biscuit joiner it just depends on what i'm doing right, you know? right. right. exactly i'm just like a simple mortise and tenon right it's in this one chair i'm doing i'm using it's just a little stupid but and i don't have to but i'm like i like having the option being also to have three four different machines mm-hmm. that i can do the joinery and not be limited by the machine um mm-hmm. which i know kind of goes back to like if you do it by hand anyhow but um, uh, when you said about uh, at College of Redwoods, I don't know, my friend went and he showed me, he had like a, I think it was like a Felder, but the head stayed, it was stationary. And he was doing mortising. I was like, so this is how they taught you at, at uh, CFC? And he's like, yeah. I was like, let me see. And <laughs> you just set the final depth and you just hold the piece of wood and you just go. Plunge it, yeah. And like so, you, the machines like you just grabbing that wood, and then you're just like, Arr. I'm like, what the? No stops, nothing, just freehanding it to that line. I was like, damn. <laughs> yeah, the the XY machine is a new is kind of the newer generation of okay. the school. There used to be what has always been there, and what they do a lot of their joinery. They do, a lot of joinery that's taught because it's mostly cabinetry at right. the Kernel School is dowling. Um, yeah. So this these old Davis and Wells horizontal that's, that's what machines. it was yeah, yeah, that's the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah and people used to do some cowboy shit with the yeah. <laughs> I mean he like, was I was like yeah. damn man <laughs> yeah it's super crazy I guess one year someone did make a jig with toggle clamps to hold the piece down so you're not actually holding oh, the man. piece with your hands and I guess that was kind of controversial <laughs> people were like, gotcha. you're, you're cheating <laughs> you're not a real woodworker <laughs> yeah hold it with your hands I think it was maybe Brendan Gaffney I think maybe I heard so it just it. it just gathered dust in the corner <laughs> hopefully people used it and then I'm not exactly sure what year they got the the XY but it was definitely an upgrade but but with that technique I mean 
it, they would go in and like peck away, almost like you had a drill press, right? Like you peck away at it, and then you would go back, kind of go back and forth. Yeah, I've never done it myself, so I yeah. can't speak on the jig. The jig makes sense. Keep your hands out of the way, just a little bit further out yeah. of the way. Yeah, the good thing it about grab, it grabs, it'll grab it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the good thing about a jig with with you know even other operations similar to that a shaper or a router is that it adds mass right, right. that yeah. mass mm-hmm. absorbs that um right right that right. grabby <laughs> yeah somewhat put some sandpaper on that thing <laughs> yeah, those, those those davis wells machines um they weren't that big a machine were they I, i'm trying to remember what that what that unit looked like but mm, it's like it's like yeah. 20 20 by 24 or something and okay. it's got it's got a pretty small and wasn't it a dowling jig was it wasn't it just for dowels for yeah it's mostly i mean we still use it for dowels right, at, right or the school still uses it for dowels for sure and i know a number of people who kind of seek them out um yeah. after school and are attached to them but yeah. i didn't i don't really dowling's really annoying to me so i try and avoid it <sighs> Are you allowed to say that? Something like a Canovian <laughs> student? Oh my god. Uh, Dowling. It's not finicky. We're going to take you off the website. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Nice. And so now, so, um, but that was kind of on its way out. And then, so you got to experience like the, was it a Felder? Did you say? I'm sorry. There's uh, a Felder XY. And then there's also an Italian XY. Okay. That cool. I don't remember the brand, but. I, for some reason, I, the, I, I use the filter mostly. Felder. Cool. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. cool. I had a question. We were talking before about the design, and you were saying, like, where do you start? The question that I had was, where did you start on that chair? You know? I mean, once, once, you, had the, once you had the prototype made, like, what, what was the thing that you – what was the starting point? The legs. The, the legs. two The two back legs that continue up to where the arm – armatures and the back connect uh started with the legs and figuring out the those were compound angles as well and um figuring those out getting those and their stretcher in place and then from there adjusting their forward and back motion which would adjust the angle of the back and its placement on the chair yeah it, it started with those legs for sure Compound angles are are really interesting because you think you have it figured out and you do and the compound angle works and then you realize you've now added another element with the the outside surfaces changing. Yeah. Yeah, so it was It a can real, get really interesting. It's a real brain brain bender. I remember I would think I would I would be able to hold it for a certain number of hours in the day the angles and and understanding how they intersected in space. And then there would reach a point late afternoon where my, it would just fall out of my brain. I I was like, I don't know where I am. I don't know what's going on. And I definitely don't understand this chair. So yeah, it's it's a mental exercise for sure. It's funny how some, I think too, that could be like a, a personality. I don't know, like how our brains are wired, but some people are just really good at the numbers. Seeing it. Well, and, and and just they can tell like the math. They can tell you like this angle, that angle, the mm-hmm. other angle. Where complementary angles and all that. I suck. Like even now, I, I I literally just did my chair, and I I don't know what the angles are. Like I cannot retain that stuff, you know. And it's like I don't need to because it's it's I got the full size thing. And like you said mm-hmm. before, 
the powerful thing of that is like you just bring your bevel up to it and it's like this is actual bam go i don't need to know what the actual yeah you don't know number you, is you know right. and, yeah, yeah trigonometry is hard <laughs> i mean it's interesting but i often find that you just don't need it you don't yeah. actually have to do the math that's that's kind of what i'm getting at like people are always shocked They're like oh you must be really good at math i'm like i suck at math <laughs> and like you do it every day i'm like but i'm usually working in the actual world you know like yeah there's some math involved but you know, I'm I'm building and measuring off. I'm not even measuring. I'm taking a stick, it's like, and, a, like marking yeah. it and cutting it, and then a story, and, a story pole or yeah, story set up stops or, or mm-hmm. yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's but not. I, yeah. I also think that some people it doesn't it, it makes more sense to them when there are numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah for sure. Who's the who's the absolutely? Who's the guy that is out? He's out on the west coast. Does a lot of green and green. Daryl Daryl Pert. I mean, you know, you see you you see the stuff that he does with like the multi router, and the digital. You know, it just you can tell. I mean, it's just it's different different minds. Mental him and him and my mental almost identical. It's kind of it's a little bit creepy. Like they're very very similar uh, in the work they do, the 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 philosophy, the approach, the the approach to numbers. Mm -hmm. Like my mentor's always with the filler gauge and X mount thousands. I'm just like. I use I use the calipers as a filler gauge and not actually even looking at the numbers. <laughs> like I'm close, yeah. all right, good, but it is different. And the numbers, like you said, some people really do need the numbers. And I and I'm not saying it's one way better than the other. I actually wish I was better with the math because there's many times when I'm teaching or like with the guild project on the chat rooms, people will to throw out these nuts, and I'm like, crap, they're kind of challenging me on something, but I don't really know the answer and i have to go back and look at it and anyhow anyhow it's the whole thing yeah i suppose that becomes the thing with teaching is that you have to deal with the different different types of mindsets and what works what works for people doesn't doesn't work for everybody Uh, architects and engineers man holy cow Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's not really my style either the the like calipers thousands thousands i mean i i'm i appreciate high 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 precision i just get it a different way Exactly. Yep. Yeah. 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 I was I, when I asked you that question about where did you start. I, I remember from you know I I only did a, a a summer thing out at the College of the Redwoods, but I found it interesting of the idea of like oh the cabinet like cabinet doors or or the small Cronovian cabinets and how sometimes it starts from a case and sometimes it starts from here's the here's the doors themselves like you've mm-hmm. got a, a mm. perfect little set and just the different places that you can start um a design cool. yeah. yeah yeah they teach us to start with the doors at at our school uh, but it's interesting point uh i think why do they teach us to start with the doors because well especially when it's like cooper doors or some like oddly shaped door i think you kind of have Revolve. that as your base point mm-hmm. and then you build everything around it but i think that the from what i've heard of capella garden which is the like european version of our school they um they have this like master like the final project is you have to build this uh kind of cronovian cabinet and it has to be literally you have drawings and you have to build it so literally exactly to the drawings that you can like if there are multiple drawers you have to be able to switch them around and then not, mm. not only just switch them around if they're the same size but like put them in forward and backwards i think i've heard these stories and so as far 
so like the precision is based on the numbers and everything you like have right. to stick to the numbers our california style is very different our california style you make the door and then it Loose. turns out to be the size and then you make the cabinet and like <laughs> i mean that's my preferred method yeah. it's a little bit more relaxed yeah yeah that and then sense. and then work with the material that you have yeah make a set of doors that you've got this sweet little matched set of whatever material um and you're going to make Based doors that, that. Are, that that fit within its parameters let the, let the material set the parameters instead of a, a design that's the real romantic way right of right it. yeah yeah but no it makes sense but like like everything uh, a little bit of both is kind of the you know there, there are times when you have to deal with precision um things do have to fit you start talking about batching work or any of any of those things or you screw something up and now you got to make something fit an opening um mm-hmm. all those things are interesting a lot of a lot of ways to do things yep very true i um i don't know i don't want to put you on the spot just in case you don't remember names because i know i don't remember names of anything but you did mention a few books and i thought maybe it'd be because i always have people asking me about hey do you have any books you recommend and, and it don't even have to be about chair making but design process or whatever um i think people are always interested like people that are actually doing this are there books that they've looked at do you do any of them come to mind yeah well i mentioned that laura gave me a number of books right. and i just reached out to her recently to kind of remind me of the name of the books um let's see definitely peter galbert's chair maker's notebook is a really important book for learning about chairs i remember obviously that's kind of a specific type of chair building but i remember it being really really useful in thinking about grain and and like uh, cut that's, of that's really chairs. cool because i i never i've seen that book but i've never really thought it would be something that would relate to my work because it's a very different style right no but that, I learned, but that I, makes sense yeah. <clears throat> yeah i learned a lot of things uh from that book about uh yeah like those round stretchers of a chair like you want the i still don't even fully understand it sometimes but like the like um wedge tenon like you actually want to think about the way that the tree rings grow based on the way that you install the wedge tenon sure, right. in the stretcher of the underside right. of the chair because the expansion and contraction of it yeah yeah yeah. so That's it's really cool. useful in that sense yeah, yeah. i'm just uh, wood yeah uh there was this book called now i sit me down by someone whose name I can't pronounce their last name on the spot, so I'm not going to. But um, the chair rethinking culture, body and design, I remember was also a really good book by someone named Galen Kranz. Yeah, and then there's um, a couple of other books, but those those latter two books were a lot about kind of the history of chairs and. What was the name of the second one? Now I sit. Now I sit me down. The one after that, I think. So that'd be fun. The chair, uh, it's called the chair rethinking culture, body and design. Oh, by Galen Kranz. Yeah, it's it's it, it, with chairs that you know the hierarchy, um, the political hierarchy that, mm-hmm. that can be uh, that that are in chairs um, yeah. from the uh, from you know just. Uh, from a stump to you know a throne uh, there's right. there's a right. there, there's a big gap um and through history i mean chairs have been a a, a major a, a major player in in setting setting hierarchy um for better or for worse you know whatever 
Yeah, often for worse. I mean, that's what a lot well, of sure. <laughs> a lot of col- a lot of colonization around the world. You know, part of this kind of othering of of cultures that aren't weren't like Western European cultures was judging them based on the fact that they didn't use chairs in a traditional sense, and so they sure. weren't civilized, and so they're right, right. for deserving of. Subjugation. So. It's interesting too, you know. You 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 talk with a maybe a customer about a chair. And you're like, okay, what will this be used for? You know, they want a chair. They're like, um, sitting. <laughs> okay, but <laughs> is it a dining room table? You know, is it for a, a dining chair or just a? You know, is it going to have a, a lower stretcher? You know, there's a lot of. How do you want um, back to hit? Yeah, yeah. 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 So I, I found I find that interesting as well. Yeah. When it comes yeah, to chairs. I, my clients sort of prototype. So people, people kind of ask like, why did you go like and build a full like mock-up of the chair? Um, and the main reason was is the client can come out and sit in it. And it's just like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to build for this. Well, whatever, a bunch of chairs and then they don't like them. Um, but it is nerve wracking because there is no one. I'm, there's not one chair that's comfortable for everyone. It just doesn't exist. Can't, can't you know, work. It does not mm-hmm. exist. There are certain things, of course, but uh, and, and this type chair, you know, there's mid-century modern chairs with that low back. It's pretty forgiving because it's not lumbar support, and you know, it's just it's kind of like it's just going to hit you flat, and you don't want to fill any corners of it first. But like the rocking chairs with lumbar, it. I've had clients come out and sit in it, and like it's just not comfortable for me, and I'm like, I'm not going to try to sell you this chair if it doesn't work for you mm-hmm. i'm not going to change anything about it because that'd be nuts like mm-hmm. i could i just wouldn't, it just well it just wouldn't make sense you know and it's like if it's just one client um that it didn't work for but yeah it's a it is an interest chairs are difficult for sure Do you have a lot of uh ideas for for other chairs sarah i do have other chair design ideas i'm not sure when i'll be able to build them because it's not what people usually come to the shop that I work right, at right. for, and I don't have enough free time to yeah. work on a chair design. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I have a sketchbook that I'm trying to regularly come up with ideas in, and if I ever get a big chunk of time. Right. Um, I actually, uh, this class that I'm teaching on scale models, I'm soon I'm going to for the class it's a virtual class i'm gonna i'm actually gonna build a small scale model chair of a really simple chair and i think i'll just actually use that as a jumping off point i do actually think i'm gonna build a chair pretty soon just a really simple like actually just a chair (laughs) not not something like i built at school um because i have to do the drawings and stuff for the class so it's just class yeah Uh, do you want to mention those dates and yeah, it's through a workshop of our own in Baltimore, and that is a space for women, trans, and non-binary people. It's this really awesome community space for people to come and learn woodworking, people that are like underrepresented gender- genders in the field of woodworking. And so the class is a virtual class, and it's, it's for only everyone in that category, um, as the physical space is when COVID isn't shutting it down. But... So the class is on April 10th from West Coast time, 10 a.m. to, um, <clears throat> it's two hours, 10 to noon, 11 to one. I'm sorry, I'll have to look it up. But if you go to a workshop, a workshop of our own on Instagram or their website, 
the name of the class is called the Gospel of Models because I'm just going to kind of nerd out about how useful mod- models are in the build process. That's cool. That's yeah, by the, cool. Yeah. By the time this comes out, it'll. It'll be that's, that's, that's oh, tom- that's tomorrow. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Yeah. It, was there, it, was, it was a great, great class. It was a great class. And that that's that school's ran by another a Sarah, right? Am I, yeah, it's another right? Sarah. Yeah, Sarah Marriage. She also an alum oh, of yeah. my school. She's an incredible woodworker. She's made some of the things she's made. I'm just like I don't understand. <laughs> They're really, really, really impressive. That's cool. Yeah, but they but but they have classes going forward. Lots of classes, and and it certainly is a great place to check out. And and see what see what the offerings are. Um, Definitely, yeah. yeah. It's just a great space to support too, in general. Um, Absolutely. People do fundraisers for it and teaching classes for it, raises money for it. So it's just a really yes. good place to support. Very yeah, cool. I yeah. agree. I agree. And um, you'll be teaching at the Florida School of Furniture. Oh, you already heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you for putting me in touch with you. So yeah, I'm excited. Fun. That's super cool. That's yeah, awesome. next year. Yeah, I wasn't sure what to teach, but she had a good suggestion of teaching a backgammon board class, this backgammon board that I made a number of oh, years ago. Oh, that's awesome. I was like, yeah. I really love. Oh, sorry, I really love the way you uh, scalloped the inside edges of that um, to oh, fit the thanks. pieces. Yeah, yeah, that was actually a really fun project. That was based off of this client brought in his grandfather's backgammon board that his grandfather had made when he was 14 years old and it was still pretty functional and it it was made of solid wood too which made me question everything i know about yes right (laughs) solid wood does and doesn't go together or like how you should and shouldn't but we may overthink it but it was made of solid wood and it was really uh it was really old and beat up but it was really beautiful so it was really fun and so he wanted to honor his grandfather by having a new one oh, made. And so cool. it was kind of based off of that. Yeah, it was a really sweet project. That's neat. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. That crazy. What What is that inlay? I know we're going to kind of often no one can see this. Uh, <laughs> what, is the, what is that called? That like star? The nautical star. Nautical star. Okay. Yeah. That's so cool. That was really fun. You cut that whole thing by hand. Uh, oh, crazy. Good old Paul Ramon, Ramon doesn't know anything <laughs> about that. Yeah, he does. He By doesn't hand or nautical it. stars? He's <laughs> like, I've done my Either. <laughs> that's pretty cool. I know nothing about it, but that's cool. Yeah, I love I love contrasting um, motifs like that, and they just they're just bold and they stand out and they're beautiful. And the scallops on the inside edges and the way the yeah. the ed- the ends of the triangles were curved is is very unique, really beautiful board. So you'll have to check out. Uh, Sarah's Instagram page to see what we're talking about. Yep. Scroll down a little bit. Beautiful backgammon board. Come take the class with me next. Take the class. April yeah. in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. And you're doing and you're doing the intro class. You're talk we were talking about that before the show. You're doing like an 8-week intro class coming up here down yeah. in your neck of the woods, right? Yeah, at Allied Woodshop in Los Angeles is where I teach locally and just this Sunday, we're starting. It's the first furniture class since COVID. We're starting back up, and it's an wow. eight eight week intro to furniture making course. So I, I I teach them about drawing, and they do cardboard mock ups, and they learn about the milling process and joinery, and they make this uh, sweet little side table 
uh, yeah. over the it's once a week for eight weeks so it's oh, it's once not a week. Oh. It, it's not that many hours yeah yeah it's it's actually not that many hours oh, that, if you man, that's a heck of a commitment yeah and, no goodness yeah, that, yeah, that's that's cool yeah but how, how many students can you can you have we only we normally have a, a 10 and mm. i think it's down to six right now because of covid or mm. just, just space. that really makes it nice though actually yeah <laughs> Yeah, for I'm a teacher, I'm not sad about it. Yeah. Awesome, it's a great like five to one, six to one mm-hmm. profit ratio. Yeah, it makes it yeah. makes it good I'm, for the stu- makes it good for the students too. It's just yeah, the, no, the, it's good for the school, but it's the finan- <laughs> right. it's the financial end that that has the, has the problem. So, but totally. got to start off someplace and and hopefully right. we can get back well, to yep, being yep. able to do the in person stuff. But yeah, well, very cool, Sarah. We we really appreciate you. Uh, dealing with us again <laughs> <laughs> it was fun to come back thank you yeah, for inviting me back oh yeah. absolutely absolutely I, I, it made me feel really good you came back i was like <laughs> okay she, she's probably never gonna come back again <laughs> not gonna hear from her after the first time no i'm i'm glad that you guys also had the same feeling after we after you left i was like oh we didn't talk about like sh- we didn't talk shop at all yeah, which yeah, yeah. like you said it was talking about my story and stuff but i'm glad you invited me to come back and talk shop because that's my favorite conversation yeah yeah it's 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 tough to compress everything into an hour and and not just have everything just be on the surface um Mm -hmm. we certainly want to hear you know background story and you know your your evolution or what have you but it's nice to concentrate on just one thing i think maybe in the future we'll try to do a little bit more of something along these lines where it's just like Talk just about that a person's just, signature piece or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because yeah. uh, cool. there's there's lots. As always, there's there's lots to learn. You know, from folks' processes and and what works with, with the chair that you, that you did shows that it's it's been in. I mean, so you did it that semester. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I've got that last. I got this as a last question. Um, sure. What what bring shows? Bring uh, yeah, you bring it back. Right. <laughs> um, She's done. <laughs> what 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 shows has that been in? Have you, have uh, you put it in shows? It has only been in one show. It was called Making a Seat at the Table: Women Transform Woodworking. It was in Philadelphia. In uh, oh, I saw that. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. cool. That was such was, a freaking cool event. It was a really fun show. It was oh, a year and a half ago now. Yeah. I think. my friend Leslie Webb. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, then, and, that, and that got you into Eshrick too, right? Yeah, well, that meant, yeah, so I went to Philadelphia for the opening, and we got this really nice personalized tour of the Eshrick Museum, which introduced me to um, Julie Sines, the director, who awesome. I hit it off with. So, They just started following me. Yes. <laughs> The Escher Museum. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> like, oh. yeah. Seriously. <laughs> so, so I did have one last, one last question. Sure. <laughs> we all get one last question. Ramon, get yours ready. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> do you own that chair? Yeah, I do. Awesome. I didn't. Nice. Yeah, I thought about selling. That'd be hard to let go. That, that's what I was thinking. I was like, <laughs> that would be a, a hard chair to let go of. I probably should at some point, and I kind of want to, but <laughs> right. um, yeah, it actually now it's yours. Yeah, I, it, I, is it under blankets and like 
<laughs> no, I, I I offloaded it on my parents. They're happy to have oh, it because nice. they're proud of me. Um, That's super. <laughs> but it was sitting in a corner of their living room for a long time, and I think last like time I was down, it. <laughs> no, last time I was down, I was like, "This is sitting at the table, <laughs> like it's a chair. Somebody sit in it." So yeah. I think I've, really I've cool. like it felt really precious for a while, but now I feel like I just want it to actually it. get used. Yeah, yeah absolutely. sure. That's, that's yeah. what we want with our furniture, I think, most of us. Uh, I did have a question, um, not related to the chair, but some of your work, <laughs> okay. that starburst gate that you made, I think is incredibly oh so beautiful. Wonderful. Thank you. And um, I, I wanted to ask you about the inspiration for the design, because it, it's, uh, it's fantastic. Thanks. I made that a really long time ago, um, before I went to school, before I did a lot of things. I made it on my back porch that was a wild time um it, i don't know it, it's, it's deceivingly ahead. simple looking but complicated to pull off with all the with all the straight lines and the yeah that just involved kind of setting up the slats with spacers yeah and really carefully and then having this um uh i think i screwed a board in the center and then just routed along just kind of like turned it around like a clock hand and and routed along it and then made sure that the that the boards um lined up in the final in the final uh doors but i i honestly i don't remember where that design idea came from i just they were really long-term clients of mine who were really sweet and would let me <clears throat> they were my design interior design clients and then i we i started building things and they would they we kind of transitioned over to them mm-hmm. to me building things for them which was fun and i mean i, nice. I so they I, they kind of gave you free reign to uh... they did yeah they really trusted me it was really sweet and um i think i made like five dollars an hour on that job yeah, right. <laughs> when, it came, when it, i didn't know how to bid then uh and i still I spent don't a suit i know <laughs> I spent so long on them, but yeah, yeah, it's sometimes uh, portfolio pieces are worth more than. Yeah, well, and exactly. You're proud of that piece. Right. You know, it's a great piece to put out. Then I've always tell people like my first legit piece by Philip, like as Philip Morty Furniture, mm-hmm. I made like seventy five cents an hour. Wow! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I went. The client was so happy; it was more than they ever asked for, and it it led to greater things. So yeah, right. sometimes you, yeah. it's worth yeah. eating yeah. it to don't, have those don't pieces. Don't always do that. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> we'll wrap it up. We've asked you enough questions. <laughs> <laughs> Any more? One more round. <laughs> One more round. <laughs> One more round. Oh man! Oh, we do. Well, we do very much. Very much appreciate. Yeah, it. absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, hopefully we get to meet in person someday. Yeah, someday. In the future. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, back right, when that's guys. when it's when it's acceptable. I'm vaccinated. Yeah. Right, me too. I'm, I'm ready. Me too, I'm all yeah. done. Yeah. Mm. Got, a, got, a, got a sore arm to prove it, too. Jeez, I got, I got my second one yesterday, so. That's great. Right on. Well, right. well, thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate, appreciate it. it. Ramon, you want to you wanna get us out? Yeah, sure thing, Ben. Thanks. And thank you, Sarah, for being on. We really appreciate it. And thank you all for having us on this show. (laughs) Can you edit that, Ben? (laughs) Thank you all for listening in to another episode of Woodworkers Podcast. We absolutely appreciate it. If you have any questions about this show or past shows or suggestions for topics for future shows, shoot us an email, and that's info at woodworkerspodcast.com. 
And so on behalf of the super talented Sarah Watlington, my co-host Ben Brunick and Philip Morley, I am Ramon Valdez, and we'll catch you right here on the next episode of Woodworkers Podcast. Thanks a ton, good people. Take care. Peace. Thanks, Sarah.